The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, in Mark chapter 9, there's the reference about when Elijah comes, he would restore all things. But the Son of Man, Jesus, our Savior, would come, suffer, pay our sin debt, he would rise from the dead, and the kingdom of God, it was present, it is coming. Yes, the day is coming when all things will be restored. Well, we welcome you to today's edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here. So glad that you're with us. Bert Harper in Tupelo. And uh, Bert, uh, we're going to resume in Mark 9, but uh, I want to share a prayer request as we begin our show. May I do that? Yes, you may, and I may have one to add to it, but go right ahead, Alex. Well, in the course of ministry, I'm sure you have gotten to mentor some people, haven't you? Yes, yes. There's a young man, I might have mentioned his name before. He's originally from Texas. His name is Zach Wright. And folks, I want to ask you to pray for Zach. He got some really bad news today about his eye. Uh, about a year ago, he got uh, he bumped his head, and it was a problem with his retina. And he's had several eye surgeries, and today was a checkup to see on how his eye was healing. Zach is, I'm going to say, 28 or 29, a youth pastor, a great young man. And uh, he got news that not only has the surgery not been successful, and he's lost his vision in one eye, but that the eye might have to come out. Oh. And this is very hard, and Angie and I prayed with him on the phone this morning, and my heart just breaks. And, you know, let me just say a couple of things. I want everybody, if, if you would stand with us in prayer for this young man, that God would heal his vision in one eye, um, and he wouldn't lose that eye, that eyeball, you know. I mean, we had a very frank conversation about his eye. But the other thing, it kind of makes me realize uh, uh, anything that I think is stressful. Look, I got no problems compared to what my young minister friend is going through today. And uh, Bert, when I hear something like that, it kind of puts me under conviction. Lord, I'm sorry that I feel like I have stress. I have no stress compared to a young man getting the news that he may lose an eye. So Zach Wright, a fine young man, a good Christian youth pastor, but he got some pretty devastating news about his eye, and I just thought we could pray for him. We will do that. So write Zach Wright's name and bombard heaven for sure for the next 24 hours. That's how we love to do it. But also, we need to pray. It's been a prayer week a lot, you know, for Amen. the folks in Mississippi, for the folks in Nashville. But now another one, nine soldiers from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, two Black Hawk helicopters crashed on their maneuvers practicing, and nine of those soldiers uh, are dead. And so you know the pain that's causing yeah. uh, that family. So we need to pray for those families, for those folks at Fort Campbell, because it's a close-knit community there at Fort Campbell. And uh, so we want to pray for them along with Zach Wright. Yeah. Alex, would yeah. you mind? Let's just open in prayer today. Would you mind doing that? Let's do that. Heavenly Father, uh, we praise your name. Thank you, Lord, that you woke us up today. You called our name. You gave us a brand new day. And, Lord, we thank you for life. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the privilege of service. Thank you that we can gather around the radio and uh, we can open up your word and we can look at the good news, the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you for American Family Radio making this possible. And, Lord, uh, we just come before you and we intercede. I do want to pray for the families of those soldiers, nine soldiers serving America, serving their country, and they went down in these helicopter crashes. Lord, I just pray that you would comfort those left behind, the family members, uh, the bereavement. And so let your presence and your comfort be very real. And Father God, bring good out of what otherwise was tragic. And Lord, we do lift this up to you. And finally, dear Lord Jesus, I pray for my friend Zach Wright. I, Lord, I remember being 28, 29, starting out youth ministry, getting through school. Um, this this young guy, from my perspective, 
He is so dedicated to you. And so, dear Jesus, I pray for him, for his eye situation. In the name of Jesus, we ask for a healing. We ask for a miracle that somehow, by your miracle, dear Jesus, you would do what the doctors cannot do. The doctors told Zach there's no hope. So, dear Jesus, please reach inside that eye and switch on that retina. I don't even know exactly how to ask it, but dear Jesus, please do a miracle. Undertake on behalf of this young man, and he doesn't want to lose his eye, and that that would be very demoralizing and painful. So comfort Zach, give his doctors wisdom, and Lord, I want to thank you in advance for how you'll answer this and minister to this person. And Lord, in all of our lives, uh, we promise we want to give you the glory. We want our ways to be pleasing in your sight. We agree together in prayer for these, these requests and so much more. And one more time, Lord Jesus, we want to say that we love you and thank you that you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, pray for Zach, pray for those families, and we continue to do so. Well, Alex, uh, we finished Chapter 8, gave a little introduction to Chapter 9, and this is the transfiguration of Christ. Now, let me make this. Transfigured is right the opposite of masquerade. Masquerade Mm. is pretending you're something on the outside that you're not on the inside, whereas transfiguration means what's on the inside is revealed to that on the outside. When I read that, I said, man, that is powerful. And Jesus is transfigured. What is that? It's his glory coming through his body. Uh, he He veiled himself in a human body, but the glory that was in him was seen forth. And it says this in verse two, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Now, that had to be something. These are three guys, the three guys that seems to be the closest to Jesus. They're there when he's praying in the garden. He's here at the transfiguration. Uh, Alex, these these three guys are so special. Let's take a second. Peter, uh, we know Mm. about his history and what he would do how he would write two letters, how he was taken to Rome and refused to be, I would say refused, I'd better say it requested to be crucified upside down. John, who would write 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, the Gospel of John, Revelation, who saw things beyond anything, who lived the longest and lived that great life. And then James, the first one of the apostles to to die a, a martyr's death. These three guys, it seems Jesus, now he spent time with the whole 12, but it seems these three, uh, he had special times with them, did he not? He really did. And, you know, they got to see Jesus in his glory. Now, you and I a number of times have referenced the transfiguration. Uh, this is referenced in Second Peter chapter 1, it's in Matthew 17, and it's in Mark 9 here. Uh, Peter, James, and John... Let, let me just say, when when they went away to a high mountain to pray and they saw the transfiguration, Bert, uh, did you get the impression that maybe it was almost like a day off? I mean, you know, they're ministering, they're going forth preaching the gospel of the kingdom, but, you know, other people went their way. But even in the, the downtime, I suppose at every available minute, Peter, James, and John, they wanted to be with the Savior. Uh, do you get that impression? I do in that way. And he left the other nine. Now, what happened, they were people that were following him. He may have left the other nine that was there to deal with the people. And he and these three slipped away. And he yeah. had a purpose for that. And uh, Jesus would withdraw himself from the crowds many times Sometimes it was to be by himself. Sometimes it was to be with the 12. But this time it's to be with the three. And uh, so, yes, this is important. And it says his clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow. And I love the way the New King James says this, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. (laughs) I I love that. Uh, That is amazing. There's no borax. (laughs) There's no 
tied. There's nothing that's going to get anything wider than this. And I, I just thought that was so significant. And it says, and Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Now, listen, wouldn't you love that conversation? Oh, my goodness. And, and you know, again, uh, remember that Jesus never ceased to be deity, God incarnate. But I think this transfiguration, uh, he just momentarily pulled back the veil of his humanity. And verse 3 is fascinating. His raiment became shining, and it, it really the word means like blazing brightness, exceeding white. Now, it's, it's fascinating. The Greek word for white is luka, L-U-E-K-A. We get a word from that with a not-so-great connotation, leukemia, which is a disease of the white blood cells. But the word luka is the, the Greek word for white, as white as snow and brighter than any launderer or fuller on earth could make them white. In other words, this, this is describing a brightness Bert, for lack of a better word, a blinding brightness, would you say? I would say similar to what Paul may have seen on the road to Damascus, you know? Yeah. So what is it? It is the Jesus in his glory. Alex, do you think it's Shekinah glory of God coming out? Uh, Bert, I, I was just going to ask that. Is this the Shekinah glory? I believe it is, brother. I believe yeah. it's the Shekinah. Listen, it's his presence. Everybody prays, oh, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want the power of God. Listen. That comes with his presence. Mm -hmm. If you allow him pre the presence in your life that we need to, every chamber of our lives, the power that he wants us to have is there. Not the power to do what we want, but the yeah. power to do what he wants us to do. And yes. it, it is revealed in that. So I believe this is the Shekinah glory of God. Yes, I do. Amen. Amen. Well, whether it's Mark 9 or Matthew 17, I've always kind of smiled, and, and I don't mean to read too much into this, but I've got to read verse 4 and then Peter's reaction. There appeared unto them Elias and Moses. Okay, this is Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Uh, for he did not know what to say. They were sore afraid, verse 6. Okay, um, here is God incarnate, Moses, Elijah. Peter is like, they're dumbfounded. He said, uh, it is good for us to be here. <laughs> Alex, that, that's an understatement. Alex, I'd say it would have been better for him to keep his mouth closed when he did not know what to say, you know? <laughs> well, perhaps, yes. Hey, Exploring the Word, folks. It's a great day on Exploring the Word. Stay tuned. Mark 9 plus your phone calls and Bible questions when we return. Stay with us. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jared Bernstein, Chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. His agency provides the White House with data and advises the President on economic policy. Proverbs 15.22 reminds us of the importance of wise counsel. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Jared Bernstein as he advises the President. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Research tells us that relatively few believers share their faith. But Dr. Tony Evans says even some who do aren't doing the whole job. He'll explain today as we spend two minutes with Tony. You have not shared the gospel unless you do it with the intent to convert the hearer to faith. It is not enough to say, John, Jesus died for you and he arose for you. Think about it. Just like it's not enough for a doctor to hold up a needle and says, I got good news, in this needle is your cure for the disease that you have. Think about it. That's not good news. It's only good news when I inject it. Jesus said to 
his disciples, come and I will make you fishers of men, not throwers of lines. There's a big difference between throwing a line and putting bait on it. If you throw a line and there's no bait on it, you're going to be fishing a long time. And the reason why many of us haven't led people to Christ is that we will say Jesus died, we'll say he arose, but we won't hook anybody. We won't reel anybody in. The people should know that the reason I'm telling you Jesus died for sin and the reason I'm telling you he arose is because you have a tragic disease that is going to take you into an eternal abyss unless you receive this injection of the blood of Jesus Christ that you might be healed. Now, do you want the remedy? Until you get to the point where you call for a decision, you have not presented the full gospel. Is that a decision you need to make today? Find out more about what it means to be a real Christian and learn about the amazing ways it can change your life. Visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bernie and Alex with you today on Exploring the Word. And we're so thankful that you could listen. And whether you're in your automobile, whether you're truck, uh, truck drivers, we have a lot of them. And with spring coming up, that means we'll have a lot of farmers in tractors. Uh, now, yeah. when I was growing up driving a tractor, uh, we didn't have cabins that were air-conditioned or heated or uh, radio. We, we had to face the elements. But we've got a great listening audience, so many people, teachers that are going home, uh, parents that are picking up their children, and so many people that listen to us. It's a great – you said it last week, Alex. Here is – AFR, Tim Wildman, all of these guys giving us this prime driving time for radio. And uh, we are thankful for it, and we want to be great stewards of what God has given us. That's why we go through the Word of God, and we do as best we can to honor Jesus Christ. It's not the knowledge of the Scriptures that we're after. We're after you knowing the Scriptures so you can know the God of the Scriptures. That's Amen. that's the purpose, Alex, that we may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. What uh, Dale Moody, he he's the one that said it, said, Man, if everybody if I could ever preach where they could know Jesus, they'd be saved. And uh, I, I really believe that we're that's what we're trying to do here on Exploring the Word. Let people know the God and reveal to us in Jesus Christ. What an opportunity we have, brother. Oh, wow. And, you know, we thank God for it. We really do. And I, I thank God for all the people that pray, the people that financially support, and it really is making a difference. We could spend the whole hour just talking about the testimony stories of people. You know, um, this past weekend when I was in South Carolina, people came and they said, oh, my goodness, I've wanted to meet you for years. I've been listening uh, you have no idea what a difference this makes in my life. And we, we always say, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. But before the break, we were talking about Peter, James, and John. They're on the mountain, and verse 6 of Mark 9, they were very, Peter, James, and John, they were afraid. I mean, they've never seen anything like this, uh, nor have we. But the uh, glory of God, and there's Moses and Elijah. Bert, let me just say this in uh, verse 4, Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah. Uh, we get the question, will we know each other in heaven? Yes, we will. Uh, I firmly believe, and the beautiful thing, like 1 Corinthians 13 says, we will know as we are known. I, I honestly think in heaven, the family of the redeemed, it's going to be the most close fellowship. You'll just know somebody somehow <laughs> instantaneously we, we will all know each other, and Amen. Mark 9, 4 seems to indicate that, doesn't it? It really does. I don't think that it was name tags that they were looking at. It was no. they knew who they were. Now, I want to take. I want to ask you this, Alex. I want to share mine. Have you got a list? I know we want to see Jesus face-to-face. Have you got a list in your mind 
of who you want to meet when you get into heaven. Have you have you thought oh, that? I I do I do, and uh, obviously, um, like that great song says, I want to see Jesus. <laughs> the one, That's, but every time that song is sung, when they get to that, oh Timothy, I want yeah. to see Jesus. Man, it's hard for me to stay seated if I'm seated. It's a glorious song. I want to see Jesus. You know, I mean, biblically, my hero is really the Apostle Peter for a lot of reasons. But uh, how about you, brother? Well, honestly, mine is not in the Bible. It's my grandmother, my my dad's mother, whom I never met. Uh, she died before I was born, and uh, I was raised basically without grandparents. I had one grandmother, but we were not as close. But uh, she prayed— she was a godly woman praying for her sons, praying for her grandsons that God would cause some of them to, to be pastors. And uh, I, I really uh, want to meet wow. her, Maddie, <laughs> Maddie Harper. I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of get emotional about it. I really am looking forward to meeting her. My older brothers and sisters, mostly my sisters that knew her, they loved her. My mother loved her mother-in-law. Now, that says a lot, okay? Amen. And, That's uh, great. So, Anyway, I've got my list, and I, I, if if you're out there and you're wondering, you need to make plans to go to heaven. Uh, yeah. It's and if you need help, that you need help. It's triple eight. Uh, need him. Triple eight. Need him. And uh, listen, uh, get right with the Lord today. You who are listening, don't don't take a chance. Don't be presumptuous and say, "Well, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll, I'll do it Sunday morning at church." Get right with God. Be saved today. That's the message, isn't it, Alex? Amen. It is. It really is. And so it goes on. It talks about this Shekinah glory cloud that overshadowed them. And, of course, the voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son. Hear him. And it says, suddenly when they looked around, they saw no man anymore except Jesus, (laughs) only with themselves. So apparently, I mean, there's this overwhelming, brighter than a thousand suns, Jesus is there, Moses, Elijah, the voice of the Father. They probably are just prostrate with fear almost, and they look up, and it's back to normal, and there's only Jesus. And they came down from the mountain, and Jesus charged them that they should tell no man what they had seen till the Son of Man be risen from the dead. Bert, um, I've got to believe that walk down the mountain was a time of trying to comprehend what they had just experienced. What have we just seen here? You know, that's what have we seen here? I believe with all my heart that was a, a thought in their life. I would say this. Notice Jesus, there's no red letters after Peter said what he did. It's good for mm-hmm. us to be here. It was just Jesus revealing himself and God speaking from heaven. Sometimes words are not necessary. I, I'm just yeah. sharing that with you. And, and I, I say that here we are on the radio, and we try to answer questions. But many times, many times here, like like Peter said, we didn't know what to say. Uh, listen, let let people see Christ in you. Let let Him shine forth again. This is not what the transfiguration is, but I'm doing a little spiritualizing. Let Jesus be seen in you and your actions, your attitudes. Who was it that said? preach Jesus all the time, and when necessary, speak. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Okay. And, you know, i got to be honest. When I was young, I didn't like that quote because <laughs> it said, you know, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. Yeah. And I used to think, well, of course it's necessary to use words. But you know what, Bert? The longer I've lived, the more I realize that, um, that— Yes, words are wonderful, and words convey truth, but very often um, life speaks very, very powerfully too, doesn't it? It really does, Alex, and I'd rather—I heard this too—I'd rather see a sermon as hear one any day, and right now we had Steve Tiber on, you know, and let me me give you an update here. This is pretty neat. We live close to Amory, Mississippi, where— Eight Days of Hope are is ministering down there. And we have one of the dearest friends that Jan and I have in all the world that helped raise our three sons when they were younger who lives there. And a tree fell on her house, demolished her house. 
So Jan and two friends were able to go there today and visit with her and take her some things, and and they were able to do that. Guess who was there at her house getting the stuff out of her house that they said they first had to get the tree off, the tree was gotten off, and now these brave, brave workers are there. They went in her house and got, you know, those memorial things, those things you want to have. It's not necessarily furniture. It's pictures. It's, it's oh, yeah. uh, you know, they went in there and got those for her. Guess who it was? Eight Days Eight of Hope days of volunteers. Hope. That speaks, I'm telling you, Amory is being bombarded uh, with godly people who speak the word of God in their actions. Rolling Fork, Mississippi is being bombarded with Samaritan's Purse and those godly people down there demonstrating what it is to know Jesus Christ and be a servant. I praise God for them. Wow. Well, we do too, and and praise the Lord. And, you know, there's so much in the news, but let's not forget, maybe even write it down, let's remember to intercede and pray for all from Nashville to Amory, Mississippi, and Tornado Alley, they sometimes call this particular area. But um, in Mark chapter 9, Bert, I want to talk about this for a second. Jesus tells them, don't don't spread this around, what you've experienced, till the Son of Man be risen from the dead. And they, Peter, James, and John, kept this saying with themselves, questioning one another what was meant by, quote, rising from the dead. Now, Bert, the question is sometimes asked, why uh, periodically would the Lord heal somebody and then say, don't tell anybody? And then saying to the disciples here, don't don't tell this. I know, because look, wouldn't you be dying to tell this? I, listen, I've been at church when the Holy Spirit shows up big, and you just want to call somebody. But two things. One, and you feel free to disagree, but Jesus had to keep his ministry, his life, the, the, the plan of salvation, he had to keep it on God's timetable. And yet, whether it be the masses of crowds trying to forcibly uh, initiate a showdown between he and the Pharisees, I mean, for one thing, whenever the Lord said, don't tell anybody right now, I think he, he had a timetable that had to be kept on schedule. But the other thing is, he is incrementally telling his disciples, like it says back there in verse 31 of chapter 8, that he, Jesus, would suffer many things, be rejected, be killed, but after three days rise again. And we think, well, yeah, why didn't the disciples understand this? But they, you know, we've got the vantage point of knowing the full gospel story. They were living it as it unfolded before their very eyes, and it took them a while to comprehend it. Would would you agree? I would not disagree with either one of those. I will add to one thing. They did not want to hear that either. They wanted to hear him overcome it. I know they had one that was a zealot. That means that Simon the zealot, uh, not Simon Peter, the other Simon, his, he was a part of the group that was for overthrowing the Roman government. Jesus purposely had one of those kind of guys as one of his 12 apostles. And mm-hmm. and uh, although he was the only one that was called a zealot, every one of them was designed for Jesus to restore the physical kingdom of King David uh, that was there before. So when you want to hear something, have you, have you ever heard you hear what you want to hear? Oh, yeah. You catch what I'm saying? You hear? I've been people, guilty of that. I have, too, and there's people that listen to us, and, and they I've, I've heard them take some things that I've said that I, I did not say that at all, and yet they heard, they thought they heard what they said. I think yeah. these men are hearing kind of what they want to hear and then discarding what they don't want to hear. I, I yeah. would add that to it as well. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. The Son of Man coming in His glory, they hear that, but first there would be the cross. Right. And as has been said, it's not original with me, but before the crown there's a cross, isn't there? That's right. It's so true. And so after this, um, they they ask Him, saying, verse 11, why do the scribes say that Elijah must first come? And this goes back to uh, Malachi and a right. prophecy about before the restoration of all things, Elijah would come. By the way, many people do think 
uh, Moses and Elijah uh, will be on planet Earth temporarily during the seven-year tribulation. Yeah. And I don't know, Bert, is uh, Mark 9-4 a little bit of a tiny dress rehearsal for <laughs> the seven-year tribulation period that's going to come? It sure could be. <laughs> that's, this is one of those things. It sure makes sense, but at the same time, we can't guarantee it, but it sure makes sense, Alex. Hey, let me read this, and then we can... Uh, See, we're about three or four minutes away from our break, but let me read 12 and 13, make our comments there. And he answered and told them, this is Jesus. Elijah does come first and restores all things. And how is it written concerning the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? This is from Isaiah. This is from Psalms. But I say to you that Elijah has also come, and they did to him whatever they wished as it is written of him. Alex, could this be John the Baptist, the forerunner? Is that am I off exactly. beat there? Is that who it is? Uh, well, I, I think, and you know, we kind of might have a problem with this, but um, they had, you know, like somebody might say, well, you know, that Bert Harper, he's a real Billy Graham. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you are Billy Graham, but it means you preach in the the same spirit like that. And so, John the Baptist comes kind of in the mold or the the spirit of Elijah, you know. Uh, and Jesus says in verse 12 of, of Mark 9, uh, Elijah verily does come for, cometh first, and restoreth all things. And how it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be set at naught. This is like the, the stone the builders rejected, the one they esteemed him stricken, uh, smitten of men. In other words, he came unto his own, and his own would receive him not. Verse 13, But I say unto you that Elijah is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written. In other words, John the Baptist, um, he was beheaded, and uh, the Son of Man is even going to get worse than that, will be tortured and executed. So 11 through 13, three short verses, and yet volumes of truth Amen. being portrayed and really, frankly, at least a dozen Old Testament scriptures are kind of <laughs> nodded. There's a nod yeah. to a dozen Old Testament there scriptures. There really is. It's packed with that, Alex. That's, I was thinking the same thing. When we were reading that, my mind went to this one, and I've even mentioned two of them, Psalms and Isaiah. But let me say this. You were talking earlier about God's timing. John the Baptist timings was perfect. The forerunner born six months before, the whole idea of God's plan in his timetable, I want to tell you, you want to get on it, and the best way to get on it is trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I pray those out there that are listening would do that. Well, we're going to take phone calls, and that number, 888-589-8840. We want your Bible question today. Until Jesus returns, American Family Radio wants to tell everyone about his love. I just want to thank God so much for Christian Radio and especially AFR. Thank you for standing with us as we promote God's unchanging truth during Charathon. I actually accepted Christ over the radio. AFR Radio helps me stay focused every day. Be listening April 11th through 13th. And thank you for supporting AFR during Charathon. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I'm Corey, and this is my story. I was going through some financial troubles paying off my credit cards. I was paying high interest rates, and it just wasn't getting any better. And I knew I had to do something. So my mom told me about Trinity, and so I decided to call. Trinity was able to do something that I couldn't. I'm paying off my debt. I'm saving thousands, and things are really looking up. 
I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you called Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life and it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders and they are a Christian-based company. I love it. <laughs> if you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I'm Corey and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-788-1813. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. But I will instruct you in the good and right way. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. When the Israelites finally grasped the gravity of what they'd done in demanding a king to judge us like all the nations, they asked Samuel to pray for them that they may not die. Samuel agreed to both pray and instruct them in righteousness. Christ followers shouldn't allow people to manipulate us into co-signing wickedness when they say, well, just pray for me then. We will certainly pray and speak the truth in love. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Colossians 1.13. American Family Radio. You are the light. So when the darkness falls, the greatest heights, they never seem so tall, no, not at all, you're right. It's my roots that you're growing, don't want to miss what you're showing. Ain't no doubt about you. Amen. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. And Alex, let me see. I think you ask us to have that as one of our bumper music. And I want to tell you, every time it comes on, Brent and I, we're jiving. I'm telling you, man. I'm t- well, you know what? You know, it was Angie's idea. Angie uh, came to me. This is probably, you know, six months ago. And she said, listen to this song. You guys ought to use that on Exploring the Word. And I asked Brent Austin and... Uh, Hey, the goodness in our life, that is Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, tell Angie there was no doubt about it. And, uh, li- my- and no doubt about it. And yeah. I know she's listening right uh, okay. now. So, okay. Um, we That'd are so good. blessed. And we're going to go to calls. Hey, folks, the number is 888-589-8840. That's super easy, toll-free number, 888-589-8840. And, uh, Bert, are you ready to pick up the phone? I'm ready. I'm excited about this. Let's go. Where to David? first? David, uh, is it Iowa, David? It is Iowa, yep. Welcome. How are things in Iowa these days? They're pretty good, actually. You're supposed to get pretty good storms tomorrow, hail and and, so, and maybe tornadoes. It's that time of the year in Iowa, yeah. tornado alley. So. Well, do you know, whenever that, I think that, of that Iowa... Song too, absolutely. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I just picture Iowa being so beautiful... Uh, that's a pretty part of our country, isn't it? It is. It is very, it's kind of flat, not flat like Texas flat, but it's pretty. Yeah. Especially um, when the corn is coming in. I'm telling you that. I've been there then. Okay, David, thank you for calling. I do, I do, I do love the corn around our corn. The, we have. We live out on the farm. We have corn all the way around our house. And oh, that's man. That's awesome. I love it. Have, are you going to put a baseball field in the middle of it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead with your Bible. Uh, I'm on trivia Friday tomorrow, and I'm already trying to think it too clearly. So go ahead, David, with your Bible <laughs> question. You yeah. Well, I was, I was, you know, I, you know, I read my Bible, and I, and I think, I think about this all the time. Um, how you know, we we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short, all of us. We all, but. I it, I find it hard to fathom that these guys, the disciples, were around Christ all the time, and he performed all these miracles. And these guys, three guys, were up in the mountains with Jesus, and all of a sudden Moses and Elijah show up. How could you deny our Savior and Messiah after seeing all that stuff? I mean, like I said, I know we're human, but, oh, my gosh, I mean— you, how would you just not fall to your knees and do everything that the Christ asked you to do and little mm. own deny him that yeah. you even knew him after all that you saw? 
Wow, David. Well said. Let me say this. It shows us how desperate we are for the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what it shows me because Peter, after he was beaten, even after they told him, do not preach in Jesus' name, don't you heal in Jesus' name, he counted the privilege to be beaten, and he said, we can't help but share the things that we've seen and heard. When did he say that? After Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit of God falling. Alex, we're desperate for the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives, aren't we? Well, we, we really are. And in, in Hebrews 3, verse 12, it says, Take care, brethren, that there be not in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is called the day, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And that's why we say go to church. That's why we say have a daily quiet time and pray. Keep the fire burning. Bert, one thing about, I've done my share of camping trips as a youth pastor, and I do love camping, but that the campfire, you got to stoke the fire with wood. And uh, that's why um, Peter could deny Christ and, and, you know, people fall away. You've got to nurture your walk with the Lord, don't you? You really do. Thank you, David. Great. I appreciate that, man. You That's, are right on. Uh, Daniel in Texas, down in the Lone Star State. Daniel, welcome to Exploring the Word. How you doing? Uh, you hear me? Yeah, yes, you're, you're on. on. Go bro. ahead, man. Yes, I had a question. Um, in Ezekiel, when they speak of the Millennial Temple, and they talk about all the animal sacrifices, why are they still doing animal sacrifices? Uh, during the Millennial Temple, after we already have Christ as the Lamb of God. Alex, go ahead with that. You, We've gotten that question before, and uh, I, I'm one of those that leans toward, this may be figurative more than actual, but you think there will be some sacrifices during that time. Uh, do you know what's funny? I had uh, my Bible marked to Ezekiel 40 just now. It's funny you would mention that, Daniel, because I had it. Now, 1 Corinthians 10, 6-11 talks about the Old Testament things that were examples. Uh, I love the way the King James writes it, in samples, E-N-S-A-M-P-L-E-S. Bert, I've wondered if it will be like a memorial, because remember Jesus during the Millennial Kingdom is physically reigning on planet Earth, and I know we'll be in a great state of worship and gratitude, really. And, Bert, I, I wonder if those things are um, twofold, really. A memorial, they were a picture pointing to Christ. Christ did rise. He's the final Lamb of God. But also, there will be people b- born during the millennium, and they have to choose Christ. And right in front of them is the most powerful witness ever, Um Bert, imagine the degree of enlightenment. All things have been fulfilled. Christ has come. The thousand-year peace on earth is in process. Here we see a reenactment of these Old Testament sacrifices. Clearly, they are not efficacious because we know Jesus rose. And yet still, some during the millennial period at the end will follow Satan and rebel. So I think it's the final culmination of God's revelation of the salvation story to planet Earth. Okay, thank you, Daniel, for that good question. Where to next, Alex? How about Lindsay in Mississippi? And I believe, if I'm correct, Lindsay is a first-time caller. We welcome you. Hey, thank you. Yes. Uh, my You're question on. is, is a women's place, but I know... I grew up non-denominational with such strong women, like we, my aunt, my mama, everybody would preach. But um, my husband quit going to church, and in order for me to him for me to get him to start going back, he wanted to go to a different denomination. And the one that we're at, like when women get up to speak, the men have to leave, and it just confuses me. And when I asked about it, they said, "Well, it's because Eve sinned first. Okay. Thank you, Lindsay, for your call. Let me share with you. First of all, I would say the Jewish uh, and what God did in the Old Testament for women was higher than anything in that era. In the New Testament, Jesus elevated women to the higher place than they were in a Roman society. He really did. Uh, Mary Magdalene was the first one 
and given the message to go and tell the apostles that he is risen. So women in the church, I want to just tell you, uh, I, I don't think the church you're going to has it right, but uh, I think there is, and Alex and I both have talked about this, believe there's positions that men have exclusively and positions that women have. And let me just share it. It's like marriage. Listen, they can call it same-sex marriage. It's not really marriage. It's really not marriage. And so why? Because a man is to be a husband. A wife, a woman is to be the wife. Alex, when it comes to the senior pastor in the scriptures, it seems to me, and, and I, I, I would say it is clear that that position is a man. What would you say? Yeah, I, I mean, Lindsay, thanks, and God bless you. Um, you know, on the one hand, Christianity, as Bert said, Christianity has done more for the, the rights and the status of females than any other worldview. But yet at the same time, Jesus uh, structured his church uh, with a plan of God, and the, the senior pastor role is male. What's interesting is the, um, the impetus for making women senior pastors is really a ripple effect of um, the feminist movement of 55, 60 years ago. Bert, um, I, I don't say that a woman can't teach a mixed adult audience, males and females. In fact, in our conferences and the churches I've pastored, I've, I've had women speakers in, I've had Kay Arthur you know, and and other speakers. But the thing about it, um, Paul wrote about not allowing a woman to usurp authority over a man, but when a woman is there by invitation, speaking or teaching, um, she hasn't usurped authority. That's exactly right, Alex. And one of the most conservative people ever, Dr. Norm Geisler, rest his soul, he taught the same thing. He was very um, desirous to use women to speak and teach um, and uh, we'll have to, when we have more time, we'll elaborate on that. Yeah, we will. But um, women in ministry, th- hey, I thank the Lord for people like Annie Armstrong and Lottie Moon and Bertha Smith. You know, Bert, hey, don't you? Hey, I think you'd even have to go further back. You'd have a problem with Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, it, it, it at the end of it, it seems Priscilla comes first, and this is the day before you always put women first. She seemed to be the main teacher in that couple. But anyway, yes, go ahead. Melvin in Mississippi. Melvin, thank you for holding. Welcome. Melvin. Hey, Melvin. Okay. Oh, I think we lost him. Okay, okay. go to Eric in Virginia there. Alex? Eric in Virginia. A first, Another first-time caller. Welcome. Hey, I heard uh, Alex, I heard you on the Hamilton Corner the other evening, and you were talking about a church you'd enter in, and uh, our denomination, our church right now is in the PCUSA, and we are trying to get out, and I was wanting to know, and you don't have to tell me on air, but I'd like to know where you uh, went, because there's still liberal denominations in the Presbyterian Church, and we're trying to go a little more conservative, be a little more biblical. Amen. Well, yeah, you know, for 30 months, I was interim pastor of a Presbyterian church. Here, I'm an ordained Baptist, but I was interim pastor of a Presbyterian church. And and we helped them understand a lot of doctrinal issues. Well, the PCUSA, and, and listen carefully, and you know I love everybody, uh, but the Bible is clear, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? The PCUSA, Presbyterian Church USA, has gone very liberal, very, very liberal. So the church that I was interim, they went with what's called the EPC, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Now, there's also one called PCA, Presbyterian Church of America. Now, be careful. PCA is the conservative. PCUSA is the liberal. And then there's another consortium of conservative Presbyterian churches called uh, ECHO, or um, and that's ECO, Evangelical Covenant Order. But I'll be praying for you all, and I'll pray that the division is minimal. But Bert, if you're going to do church, let's do it God's way. And the Word of God is clear that people must repent and turn to Jesus. It really is. And Melvin, I think, got back on the air. Are you there, Melvin? Okay. 
Melvin, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Go ahead, Thank man. You. No, I was just I was just commenting on uh, the issue you were having with Christ, telling those around him and those that he was healing not to tell anyone else. And that was because to me it was he was in the flesh then, and he wants the flesh and uh, us as as believers to take no exceptions for what God does. So he didn't want to take any exceptions because he was in the flesh at the time. And uh, that, that's to me what I see in that particular situation. Okay. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Melvin, th- I, 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 that may have been, I, I have a hard time grasping all, but it's a good thought. But the timetable, I think it says it best real quickly in the book of John, put the gospel of John and what he says and put it into Matthew, Mark, and Luke. One of the themes, and you know I'm always looking for repeated phrases, repeated words. In the Gospel of John, it says these things. My time had not yet come. He was on that timetable, and he did not want it to be distracted. And the more people that was around him, I I would say his attention for the detail of keeping what God said to be first would be deleted. You know, Alex, That's I still think that. Go ahead. Uh, I, I agree. Well, well said, um, Bert. You think we can get another? Call we can go one to... real quickly. Yes. Let's go to Felix in Texas. Felix, thanks for thanks for holding. We we don't have a lot of time. Okay. Go right ahead. Right. Okay. Well, it's. Uh, I don't know if they can be done shortly, but First uh, Corinthians five five. Uh, Paul is talking to the church, dealing with a, a young man that needs to be thrown out of the church. And it says to uh, throw him out uh, so for uh, suffer the destruction of Satan. Okay, so I, I'm getting that wrong. Oh, you're you doing just, good, you man. Know which one I'm talking about? Yes, we do. Let yeah. me yeah. anyway. And it says for his salvation, you know, for in the end, so his soul can be saved. And I, I'm just curious what was happening there. He was out of step with the church, but was okay. We gonna mm-hmm. try to go ahead, Alex. Go. For, we got a little time. Well, you know, it's talking about uh, gathering together. Uh, and the the one in verse one of First Corinthians five fornication, uh, so there was sexual sin. Even it's the indication is it's like unspeakably bad, and a little sin. Verse six, sin just touches everything. So, Bert, I'm gonna, for lack of a better word, say this is like tough love. You you plead with people, you ask people to come to Christ. But if they are determined to willfully sin, sometimes tough loves, tough love says letting people hit bottom, just like that prodigal who looked up from the hog pen and realized that he had fallen so far away from his father. I think it is saying that for a Satan, I think, let him have his way. Satan wants to work in his life. Let him reap some of those difficulties that he would come to himself the way the prodigal son did and come back. And let me say, things like this was a lot easier in the early church. They met in homes. They was more restricted of who you could have in and who you couldn't have in. Today, we have auditoriums of a 1,000 people. It's hard to say, oh, no, you can't come in, you know? So yeah. you have, but you have to look at it and do your best to, to make sure people are following Christ. Hey, Alex, mm-hmm. it's Fireway Friday tomorrow, brother. I'm looking forward to it. So I pray you'll tell someone about that program and about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.